Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hello everyone, Charles Watts here. It is Wednesday. Welcome to another edition of Inside Arsenal. I hope wherever you're watching or listening to this episode around the world of ours, you are having a very, very good week. Right, we've got a fair bit to discuss today. Obviously, we've got the big, big game against Liverpool coming up on Sunday in the FA Cup. We'll have a little bit of a look at that a little bit later on in the show. Mikel Arteta's press conference has now been announced. That's going to be Friday at 1.30pm at London Colney. So we'll hear the latest from him in terms of what the week has been like after that disappointing defeat at Fulham. Maybe find out how he's going to approach this FA Cup game against Liverpool team selection, that sort of thing. So plenty to discuss with Mikel. That'll be happening on Friday. We'll talk some transfers as well. Arsenal being linked with uh, Marcus Leandro, young Brazilian striker, although it looks like he's heading off somewhere else. Marquinhos could well be coming back to Arsenal as well. We've got news about Tomiyasu and Mohamed Elneny heading off for the Africa Cup of Nations and Asia Cup as well. So quite a bit to get stuck into today. We'll start with some of the transfer chatter as we are in January that's doing and rounds at the moment there. You can see on the screen, if you're watching this on YouTube, Marcus Leandro on the screen, a Brazilian striker placed for Santos, who is on the move to Europe. Looks like he's going to be on the move to Europe, has been linked to Arsenal, is being linked with Arsenal. I saw Tim Vickery I'm sure plenty of you know a bit of South American football expert, always on the BBC, Tilt Sport, that sort of thing, was talking about him um, in the last sort of couple of days or so, saying he's heard that Arsenal are looking at him, but it appears he is heading off to Benfica. That is the latest information that we have, that a deal is now getting very, very close with Benfica for um, Leandro, Brazilian under-20 international. Had a very good season with Santos last season, despite the fact that they got relegated. Uh, unbelievably, that Santos got relegated. He scored 21 goals in that season that they got relegated. So clearly a very talented player, pretty raw by all accounts, very good in and around the penalty area. I think by the sounds of it, it's sort of play outside the penalty box needs working on. So he is very, very raw. Uh, so it was always one of the, whenever I hear Arsenal players linked with young, uh, sorry, Arsenal linked with young Brazilian players, I'm always a little bit wary of them. Obviously, some of these deals have happened. We saw it at Gabriel Martinelli. We saw it at Marquinhos, who we'll talk about a little bit later on, but they've constantly been linked with players. Like I remember the Danilo chat not so long ago. Plenty of those sort of rumours that do come out from Brazil linked with Arsenal. Obviously, it's an easy link with the fact that Martinelli's made that move, with Marquinhos has made the move, the fact that Edu is there with his links to Brazilian football. But I'm always a little bit wary about them. And this one, to me, just looks, as soon as I've heard about it, I'm not sure. It didn't. It wasn't one of those ones that sort of set alarm bells ringing, thinking that it was going to be too strong an interest, if there even was interest from Arsenal. But it looks like he is going to Benfica now. He probably... He Probably one going to be interesting to keep an eye on over the next few years if that move goes through. It's going to be about 18 million euros, about 15.5 million pounds. Spartak Moscow, another club who are believed to be interested in him. Tiago Fernandez, very excellent, well-connected reporter who I used to work with over at Goal, who's over in Brazil. He has reported now that um, a deal with Benfica is now pretty much done for him. So if you do see any more of these uh, rumours and 
pieces about Arsenal and uh, Marcus Leandro, I wouldn't be getting too excited about it. He could well be on the move. It looks like he is coming to Europe, but it's not going to be to Arsenal. Um, and elsewhere, sort of transfer-wise, it was a little bit quiet. I'm not surprised, to be honest, that it is a little bit quiet at the moment. We are now, for what, three days into January. We're not seeing huge amounts in terms of chatter about Arsenal. And I'm not overly surprised because, as I've said, it's just going to be a really difficult window for Arsenal to navigate. I'm not going to sit here right now and say they're not going to do anything. They're not going to spend some money, but it is not going to be easy. And anyone sitting here now expecting a really big money, you know, sensational move for for someone, I just wouldn't... My message to you would just be don't get, you know, too excited about that prospect happening. It's all I can say. You know, it's what I'm being told. It's all I can say is that hopefully something will happen and Arsenal can improve their squad and they can can make themselves stronger ahead of the second half of the season. But it's going to be very, very difficult, especially for a sort of big money eye-catching move that I know that many people are hoping to see this January. It's just not going to be too easy. I'm not sure, sort of looking around the rest of the Premier League, who is going to be that busy. I think Tottenham will probably do something. I think they're already working on signing a defender, aren't they? wouldn't be surprised if they sign uh, another name as well. I mean, Chelsea might well do a Chelsea and sign a couple of players. It wouldn't surprise me. Um, looks like Jaden Sancho's on his way to Borussia Dortmund, which is an interesting move going back there. Obviously, falling out of favour of Manchester United. But I'm not sure what else, you know, what Liverpool do, what Manchester City will do. It's just a difficult window to really get the players you really, really want. And um, so we'll wait and see what happens with Arsenal. But yeah, any the, the talk that you're seeing about Leandro, if you're reading, reading the reports and you're reading... The stories about the fact that he's been linked and that Arsenal are interested. I think you know, I don't think it'll be too long until we hear news of confirmation that potentially a move to Benfica has been wrapped up for him. So from one Brazilian to the other, Marquinhos, who has made is a player who has made that move from Brazil over to Arsenal in you know, not too distant past, um, playing his football over in Nantes now in France. But it looks like that is a loan deal that could potentially be cut short. Not played too much football. Over there, I think he's made seven appearances for Nantes so far. He didn't have the best of loan spells at Norwich last time out. Hasn't really happened for him over in France. I thought at the time when that deal was done, it could potentially be a good move for Marquinhos. I thought he'd probably play quite a lot of football over there and it'd be a good place for him to really sort of learn his trade. Um, hasn't really worked out. Doesn't seem like Nantes are too keen on keeping him, especially because he wants to go and play in this, this pre-junior World Cup tournament that's taking place. Um soon i think it's he needs to leave for it it's a pre yes it's a pre olympic tournament um marquinhos obviously is a very key player for the sort of brazil under 20s or whatever whatever it is the age group ahead of which is going to be featuring in the olympics had a big tournament uh, not so long ago with them and he wants to play in this pre olympic tournament that takes place in the end of january but it's not a fifa registered tournament so clubs don't have to release players for them to go and play and Nantes don't want him to go and play in that because he'll have to miss a big chunk of the second half of the season but he wants to go and play for it and that's one of the reasons why Nantes are sort of now talking to Arsenal about potentially cutting short the loan deal early. Uh, remains to be seen whether that happens, whether Arsenal agree to do that or not. Um, I suggest that they probably will and they'll try and find another move for him if that is the case but um yeah, it's just another one of those ones at the moment that you kind of look at Marquinhos and think, is he ever going to make it at Arsenal? It feels doubtful. He's one of those players you kind of take a chance on, you bring over for, you know, not a huge amount of money and hope you can 
mould them into a really good player, but it hasn't quite happened for him yet. So we'll wait and see. But it looks like that move to Nantes could well be coming to an end relatively quickly. Um, elsewhere, aside, away from transfers, obviously the news that we all were expecting was confirmed yesterday. Elneny heading off to Egypt for the Africa Cup of Nations. Tomiyasu called up by Japan for the Asian Cup. Both already, I think Tomiyasu goes on Friday. Elneny's already gone and linked up with um, the uh, Egypt squad. And so neither are going to be in action for Arsenal this weekend against Liverpool in the FA Cup. Uh, obviously, one of those players is far more of a loss than the other. And that's no disrespect to Mo, who's obviously a very good professional, really popular player. But he's played, I think, a minute of Premier League football um, so far this season. Tommy Asu, clearly a far more important player when it comes to the first team. And he's going to be massively missed. There's no doubt about that. We all wait with fingers crossed, apart, aside, unless you're Japanese, of course, that <laughs> hoping that they go out early and Arsenal get him back earlier than they would uh, have probably predicted. But we'll have to wait and see on it. And um, the one good thing about Oneni going off to Africa Cup of Nations with Egypt now is that Mo Salah will be going off, is going off to the Africa Cup of Nations with Egypt now, which means Mo Salah won't be playing for Liverpool. Had a question about that yesterday, I think, or we'll discuss that on yesterday's show, whether he was going to be available for the FA Cup match or not. He's not, which is good news for Arsenal, of course. And I think he's going to miss a Premier League game as well uh, in the beginning of February, which is another good piece of good news for Arsenal. Um, and yeah, Tommy Asu, clearly a big blow, especially on top of the Zinchenko injury, as I talked about yesterday. Um, Arsenal are going to miss him. There's no doubt about that. And uh, But... He'll be desperate to have a very good tournament with Japan, and I'm sure he will as well. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. I just wanted to talk about Declan Rice a little bit in today's show before I move on to some of your questions and comments. Now, Declan Rice, I, I, I can't believe, I, always, I, I say that a lot. I say I can't believe and then I say actually I can believe and because of the way of sort of the way modern way football works and modern way analysis works in football. But this one I genuinely can't believe, I think. And it, I've seen some fans saying it since the game against Fulham. Oh, he's not, he's not been good enough, blah, blah, blah. And then I, I read a piece, and I shouldn't read a piece by Richard Keyes. I really shouldn't read anything that Richard Keyes says. But I read his blog. Actually, it wasn't his blog. It was an online story on another, I think it was the Mirror, had taken some quotes from Richard Keyes' blog where he called him Declan Nice. And he said, what's the point in Declan Rice? He's bringing nothing to Arsenal. And I generally sat there reading it with utter disbelief that he's bringing nothing to Arsenal. This player has been absolute nailed on eight out of ten every single game he's played for Arsenal, apart from at the weekend against Fulham. He had a poor game against Fulham at the weekend. Everyone had a poor game against Fulham at the weekend. But the most bizarre thing I've seen was what Richard Keyes was talking about. It's calling him Declan Nice and he's adding nothing to Arsenal. He's not been driving forward for Arsenal. All he's been doing playing playing the ball sideways, which a lot of people have said, which is utter rubbish. I mean, this stat. Says it all. No player in Europe's top five leagues has made more progressive passes this season than Declan Rice with 184. So it just blows that argument out the window completely that he does not play forward passes. It's just utter rubbish. And, and even against Fulham, if you go back and look at the highlights, he played those passes. He played two or three really good passes that almost set Arsenal away and had the attackers done more with them. 
it would have sent Arsenal away. It's just utter rubbish. And look, I'm not surprised. It is Richard Keyes. He does talk utter rubbish an awful lot of the time. Sorry, all of the time. But I just couldn't believe this one. I just thought it was such a ridiculous thing to say. Declan Rice is nailed on Arsenal's player of the season already. And we're in January. He's been Arsenal's player of the season by an absolute mile so far this season. Maybe William Saliba is the only other player who gets close in terms of his performance levels. He's been 8 out of 10, if not more than that, every single game he's played, apart from against Fulham. Everyone is allowed to have a bad game against Fulham. He wasn't great against West Ham as well, I'll admit that. But he has been sensational for Arsenal, an absolute worth every single penny and more than they paid West Ham for him. And to suggest he's doing nothing and bringing nothing to this Arsenal team and that he's too nice, it's just absolute absolute rubbish i just genuinely can't get my head around some of the comments and uh yeah if you're if you're one of the people saying that i just genuinely don't understand how you can have that opinion everyone's entitled to their opinions of course they are it's football it's what makes football so great but how anyone can watch arsenal this season and say declan rice has not been absolutely superb i have no idea genuinely no idea but Feel free, if you disagree with me, to leave your comment below. I'll go over it. I'll look at it. I'll disagree with it. <laughs> and then we'll move on. Um, but yeah, I just thought I felt I felt like I had to say that about Declan Rice. I just think some of the stuff I've read in the last 24 hours just absolutely blows my mind. All right, let's move on to some of your questions and comments now, shall we? Matt here has been in touch. Says, There's no need to panic right now. Looking back at our last handful of games, Brighton, amazing performance against a very strong Brighton team. Liverpool, Great point, Anfield. We'll take that before any season kicks off. West Ham, on another day, we were in 3 or 4 nil. Comedy of errors and pinball in the box to put us on the wrong foot. A game of inches that we didn't land on the right side of. Fulham, we were rubbish. Simple. Though, again, silly pinball defending a bit of luck for Fulham on their second goal, and we're behind. If this is our blip, it's a good time to take it. Reset, recover, and regroup over this break, and let's hope we can do something in January to help strengthen the squad. In terms of our playing style, I just want to see us being more direct. Faster transitions or even some whipped, dangerous crosses into the box. The Arsenal team can cause chaos, reset, and let's keep moving. This almost could be written by myself, Matt. I agree with it 100%. It's exactly how I feel after these last games. It's why I'm not yet ready to be in full-on panic mode. The Fulham defeat was worrying, really worrying. The performance was really worrying. But I'm not yet in panic mode in terms of what it means for Arsenal. They have to respond and they have to respond quickly. That is absolutely no doubt. But I think you've put what you've put here, the way you've analysed it and assessed it always spot on. It was just two, four, four games ago, Arsenal played Brighton, and it was one of the best performances I've seen from an Arsenal team. Certainly under Mikel Arteta, they were absolutely exceptional against a really good Brighton team who they made look so, so ordinary. They then went to Liverpool, had a really good, strong performance, got a deserved point, 1-1, top of the table at Christmas. That was two games ago. They've had two bad games since then. One of them against West Ham. As you said, they easily, easily could have won that game had it panned out a little bit differently. They weren't great, but they easily, they did enough to win that game comfortably. They didn't have too much luck on their side. And they've defended poorly, but they could have won that game. Fulham was just awful, 100% awful. So I'm not ready to panic yet. I think they're still in a decent enough position. They've given themselves a bit of work to do now, and it's their own fault because they've played badly, especially against Fulham. But they're still, you know, in touch and distance at the moment. The key thing is now is that they have to respond. They can't let this drag on. They have to respond. They have to regroup. As you say, they have to reset. 
as you say, and they have to go again and they have to find some form and they have to change things a little bit in terms of how they're attacking and how much they're hurting teams. If they don't do that, then they're going to be in real trouble and then I might be ready to panic. But right now, I'm just not yet there yet. I just think two games is not a big sample, enough sample size. You know, it was two games ago, Arsenal was top of the Premier League. Two games ago. So still a long way to go. Uh, and yeah, I thought this was a really good comment, Matt, that I agreed with 100%. Uh, Andy here says, the team's morale seems to have dropped since benching Ramsdale. Is Ryan improvement on another show or another show of MA's stubbornness at the team's cost? Ramsdale is a priceless motivating engine on the field of play. He uses confidence and lifts the spirits of players and supporters. Yeah, I, I thanks for your comment, Andy. I don't agree with it, I have to say, um, because I just don't think the morale seems to have dropped since benching Ramsdale. The, the morale seems to have dropped in the last two games. But, you know, <laughs> take me back to full-time Westwood Anfield. There was no suggestion, no thought for me that Arsenal's morale had dropped. They'd just done really, really well. They're just all celebrating together at Anfield. The game before that, they just absolutely destroyed a Brighton team with a brilliant performance. The game before that, they were winning at Luton, scoring last-minute injury. Everyone's celebrating in the crowd with, together. I, you know, There's been no sense to me that Arsenal's morale dropped this season at all until the last couple of games. And I don't think you suddenly can point that on Ramsdale being benched. I think you just point it on the fact that they've had two poor performances and two poor results. So they look unhappy. You know, There was no suggestion whatsoever a couple of games ago that, that this was the case and that benching Ramsdale had dropped the team's morale because this is a, the first little period of the season I've seen it. Uh, so, yeah, that was my thoughts on it. But thank you very much for your comments. I really hope Ramsdale gets his start. By the way, against Liverpool uh, this weekend in the FA Cup, we're very disappointed if he doesn't. He needs to play these cup games. Hopefully, Arsenal can win this game and have a long run in the competition. And Ramsdale can be a key figure over the second half of the season in Arsenal's run, hopefully, to an FA Cup success. Um, be really disappointed if Mikel goes with David Raya in this one. You know, Ramsdale needs to play, um, and I hope he gets the cup. I hope he gets the FA Cup games. I really, really do. So I hope that's one of the changes. I don't think Mikel should make too many changes against Liverpool because there's no league game coming up for a while. You know, go strong, try and win this game. You've got to win this game. You've got to bounce back, respond. There'll be no better way than doing that than go and beat in Liverpool in the FA Cup. So I don't want to see wholesale changes, but I want to see Aaron Ramsdale coming definitely as one of the changes for that game. This is an interesting one. Talking about changes against Liverpool, Real Nostradamus says Jorginho must start the games against Liverpool. And I tend to agree, I have to say. I'm surprised we haven't seen more of Jorginho in recent games. Um and I think he should start against Liverpool. I would be I would be playing Jorginho. Declan Rice and Martin Odegaard against Liverpool in this game. He'd be another one of the changes I'd make. As I said, Aaron Ramsdale in goal, but then I'd have Jorginho as a holding role with Declan Rice playing ahead of him. Um, I think Jorginho's been underused recently. I think when you talk about progressive ball players, you can play the ball forward. Yes, Jorginho gets on a ball and he plays it sideways at times. He plays it safe at times, but he's got that ability to really split, split the lines with his passing. We saw that in one of the Champions League games when that pass for Bukayo Saka uh, which was absolutely brilliant. I can't remember which game that was at the Emirates when he um, he set up, it was for Trossard's goal, wasn't it? He just played that brilliant line. So it was Sevilla, I think, Sevilla at home. And um, and yeah, I agree 100%. I think Jorginho should start these games against Liverpool. I think it will help Arsenal um, immeasurably in those games. And um, I fully expect it. If, I mean, maybe Thomas Partey will be back for the league game against Liverpool. And if that's the case, then Thomas Partey should start with Declan Rice. But for this game in the FA Cup, 100% I agree with you. I'd be playing Jorginho in this match. Here's one from Scott now to round things off. Says, hi, Charles, as always. Thanks for the great content. No problem. Uh, question for you. Do you think we'll ever see Trossard starting as a false nine with Gabriel Jesus playing wide? I hope so, is all I can say to that. You know, I really, I turned up at Fulham at the weekend really hoping to see Trossard playing at the false nine. And I was so disappointed when I saw he was playing 
where he was and where he was on the bench. And then when he came on, I was so disappointed to see him playing where he was. You know, Trossard for me is his best position for Arsenal has always been when he's playing that false nine role. And I think Arsenal play well with him there. And I think Jesus is a very good option to play at wing on, on the sides of the wing. You've seen it at the start of the season where he played very well there um, at times as well. And that would allow one of the wingers to be given a, a night off or a day off, if that be Saka, if that be Martinelli, a chance to rest them. Um, so I hope so. And I think it's something that could work. But, you know, I'm not the manager. Uh, Mikel Arteta is the manager and at the moment. He seems to be preferring Trossard either out wide or in that left eight role, which I just do not like Trossard playing in at all because I've seen no sign that he really affects the game the way um, Arsenal need him to affect the game playing in that role. And I think his best position has always been in that central nine role and Gabriel Jesus can certainly do a job out wide from the wing. He's proved that time and time again with Manchester City and he's shown that at the start of the season when he played there for Arsenal as well. All right, that's it from me, everyone. Thank you very much for your time. As always, appreciate it. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow on Thursday to discuss all things Arsenal again. And then hopefully I'll be at McKenna Arteta's press conference on Friday, all depending on how my son is, because he's still not the best. He's supposed to be going back to school tomorrow, but I've got strong feeling that he won't be. And if he's not there on Friday, then I might have to stay and look after him here rather than heading to Mikel Arteta's press conference. But I'll keep you up to date with that. Um, all right, that's it. Thank you very much for watching, everyone. Have a very good day. I'll speak to you. Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. 